Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. Our guest on this episode of Talking Business Now is Karen Walker. Karen is an executive coach, consultant, speaker, and author who helps senior leaders create internal strategy that support their organization's external growth. She even has a new book out on the topic called No Dumbing Down, a no-nonsense guide for CEOs on organizational growth. A few decades ago, Karen helped lead the then-fastest-growing company in American history, Compaq Computer. Compaq was also fastest to $1 billion in revenue. After working at Compaq for 14 years, with annual revenues growing to $15 billion, Karen left to begin her consultancy. In this episode of Talking Business Now, Karen shares tips on how to create internal strategies and infrastructure that support your company's sales growth. Welcome, Karen. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. What an important topic. And as I said, you've spent your career doing this. You've been helping company leaders create organizational growth, which is a very broad topic. So tell us a little bit about your background and what you've been doing in this area. So I start, I have to say my grounding is as an engineer. That's what my uh, college degree was in. And so I I come at this from a, a different place, I think, than many people who are in uh, the field, the consulting field that I'm in. Uh, but I was fortunate enough to go to work for a small startup uh, early in my career that turned out to be the fastest, then fastest growing company in American history and the fastest to a billion, and that was Compact Computer. And so I really fell into that. I just found, I saw people uh, going over there that I thought were people that I admired and respected. It's a very large company we were working in. And so I inquired, and I just took a leap of faith to work with this particular group of people, and it was amazing to be part of a high-performance team that enabled that growth. Of course, we had an amazing product market fit, but in order to take advantage of that opportunity, we had to do things right internally. And I think that was my grounding. I didn't have my aha moment until later in my consulting career, but that's really what was going on. And, uh, and after 14 years there, as part of the senior leadership team enabling that growth, we were at about $15 billion, and I left. What a heady time that must have been. Oh, my gosh. You know, a small company, nobody knew them to become this international name, everybody knew it. And then the technology industry itself was just exploding at that time. Well, it still is, it continues to explode. But at that time, it was really new to a lot of just normal everyday right. people. And so for the, you'd be working for a company that was part of bringing that kind of technology to the masses and change the way we work and live and, and set the stage for everything that's come since. I mean, that had to have been, you must still shake your head sometimes when you think about being on the ground floor of that. <laughs> I, I do. One of the amazing things about that was that we didn't, we didn't know it was going to happen, of course, right? Mm -hmm. So we would make plans for growth and then we would exceed them by so much that it was, we learned over time to make plans uh, both for sort of significant upside to our, our strategy and also, of course, for downside. Um, there's an interesting video documentary that was made a couple of years ago called Silicon Cowboys that's available both on Netflix and iTunes. That's the story of that time, what was going on with the, in the computer industry, but primarily focused on the compact story. It's a little camp because it was during a period of the 80s when things were a little camp, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's very well, very well done. Well, like I said, you, you spent your career doing this because you had to, you started from nothing at Compact and you had to put these structures in place. So tell us a little bit about 
the book itself, uh, No Dumbing Down. And it's all about this, is putting those kinds of structures and in, well infrastructure in place to support sales growth. And, and so why did you write the book? So after a number of years of consulting, I began to see these themes because I'm working primarily with tech, not exclusively, uh, CEOs and senior leaders in uh, fast-growing organizations. And I just began to see these patterns emerge where the organizations would work really hard on sales, which we should. Sales are a good thing. Uh, But then find that the sales were outpacing their ability to support what had been sold, i.e. to deliver on the promise that they were making to their customers. Uh, And that would be because the internal functions weren't aligned. Mm. Uh, You would see, for example, you'd see sales selling things, and I think many companies experience this, that just frankly aren't available from what's been developed in the software world, for example, or that uh, production can't actually deliver. We would see uh, you know, maybe marketing gets out front of the other organization. So it is, there's always opportunity for a lot of misalignment, and the organization then begins to strain instead of scale so that they can keep up. And um, as I saw that, I noticed that there were a number of uh, very specific things that were happening. One was that these organizations would have teams that didn't work up to their full potential because internally there were forces that were causing them to dumb down their output. That's where the no dumbing down comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, I also saw sort of processes, tools, and behaviors that were stuck, not agile and responsive and able to keep up with the change. Sometimes it was there wasn't enough process. Sometimes there was too much process. So it's this idea of thinking about sort of startup to grown up as a continuum and that you need to be at the right place in the continuum for the situation in front of you that you can actually might want to be grown up even if you're very early in your in your company's age. But you might want to still have some startup sponsors and uh, processes in place. And then people were unable to handle unexpected events, and the company would sort of careen off in different directions. That would undermine the critical strategies. It's sort of what you're talking about, compact, but we were going faster than we expected, but we had strategies to allow us to do that. Um, But to know that it would be a certain point that we had to consciously say, do we want to keep moving in this direction from a growth standpoint? And then lastly, I think senior leaders generally don't make enough time to sort of get away from it all and think. So they end up overemphasizing the short term and the urgent at the expense of sort of the long view, which can create those scalable replicable processes we all want. In the second section of your book, you present five internal strategies that help to support that external growth. Can you go through those quickly? Absolutely. So the first is this idea of no dumbing down. And that really is something we've all experienced. It's one of the biggest reasons an organization's strategies get misaligned internally and externally. And it's what I think about is teamwork as usual. And we've all experienced it, right? We just, we're going to be on a new team or our organization is moving towards towards teamwork, which is good. Teams have so much potential, but we just get the t-shirts and hats in many cases, and we don't get sort of proper team chartering, or people don't know how to actually work on teams, which is a different set of skills, similar but different from being an amazing individual performer. And so these teams start to dumb down because they can only perform at the level of the lowest performing member. And that might be because of a technical skill, but it's often because priorities are misaligned, somebody's priorities are not aligned with the rest of the team, or conflicts don't get resolved because we don't know how to do that, or any number of sort of interpersonal things that can get in the way, or just sometimes teams are not chartered well. This idea of sort of startup to grown up and back again that I mentioned earlier is a 
sort of an interesting strategy to think about internally. And that's what um, you call that's what you call double back in your book, the, right? Du- that's right, doubling back, so that you don't just move in one direction. You, you move and you find a place on the continuum that's appropriate for the situation that you're in. I, I can also think about it sort of like a what I call the SOP continuum. So seat of the pants on one end, and standard operating procedure on the other. And there are what happens is in organizations we we tend to move towards standard operating procedures, and that that really can can tamp down the innovation and creativity that made you so successful to start with. I see it all the time in my M and A work uh, where people are trying to integrate, like they bought an exciting new organization, they want to integrate it, and instead they destroy it. Uh, my brother calls this. Uh, he says we have an M and D department, not an M and A department. <laughs> merge and dis- merge and destroy. We just oh. go about systematically destroying all the value we just bought. Um, so finding finding ways to, to make sure that uh, you're able to be agile uh, when you need to be in the organization. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then this idea of, um, I call it playing bumper cards. So things happen, right? Our growth or our plans actually never unfold in a straight line. And so we need to be prepared for unexpected events that occur. And like if you're driving a bumper car or playing bumper cars, you get hit from the unexpected direction, and that might send you careening off. But we have guardrails to sort of move back into the arena. Um, how do you set up those guardrails for your organization so that you don't just fly off into space or fly off into the unknown? There's the idea of a utility, which is for parts of your organization, uh, you want to be able to just flip the switch and have things happen, right? You want these scalable, replicable processes that you, as a senior leader in the organization, don't have to spend your time reinventing the wheel every time uh, an issue comes up that's been solved before. So what are the parts of the organization and how do you make them scalable and replicable? Uh, and this idea, as I mentioned earlier, about sort of learning to levitate. So how do you how do you get above it all? How do you make time to think? What are some some internal strategies that you can use to make sure that both you and your team makes time for this? And it's not just the annual strategy retreat because in today's world that's not enough. The very last thing is the idea of so what, because we've all read books or gone to conferences where we saw some interesting things that might be useful for us. But we get back to our desks and we've got you know 500 emails and everything that's piled up since we left and we don't get to it. And so how do, you, how do you and your team hold itself accountable for making the change so that your behavior is really aligned? You make a point of saying that making a commitment to all of this is really only a job that the senior leaders can do. That, that they mm-hmm. alone can affect this change. But it really takes, I mean, it, it, it might start with them, but it really takes the entire organization if you want to reach your fullest potential as, you know, for the employees personally and for the organization as a whole. It, it really takes the whole team. How do they get the buy-in from the rest of the people in the organization? So I couldn't agree more that it takes everybody. My experience is, if the senior leaders are not committed, then no one else will stay committed, right? Because right. you see all these behaviors of people not walking their talk, or we split into silos, we don't work well and in an aligned fashion cross-functionally. And I know that senior leaders in particular are, they both have the view, sort of the broader view of the organization, but they're also incented in a way that is more cross-functional. They're more likely to be incented on the success of the organization as a whole, and also for the long term, uh, it's really important to start at the top. Um, and then once you've got that, really to get into the organization and make sure that people are 
are clear about how their job ties to the outcome, the business outcome of the organization, and sort of what the end result of that is. So, you know, you may be a very specific detailed job, but how does that how does that help the organization fulfill its promise to the customers? And then there needs to be sort of frequent rhythmic periods where the organization talks about how things are going, right? We said we were going to do A, what happened? What did we learn from that? And how do we do things uh, differently, better, or the same going forward? So the people are, are clear about sort of growth and opportunity for them in the organization. And I know that from an accountability standpoint, it is much more impactful and you are more likely to be successful if you have both personal and team accountability. Not that individuals can't get things done. Certainly uh, most of the people I work with and probably the listeners are all high achievers. And if we didn't hold ourselves personally accountable, then we wouldn't be where we are today. You were in a startup environment. So many startups that I know, they are just scrambling from the get-go. It's almost overwhelming, and they're just doing whatever they can to get to the next day and try to fulfill the next promise. So first of all, in in that kind of an environment, what advice would you have for senior leaders or for the founder to get to a place where they can get the learning to levitate, where they can really say, stop, time out, we're spiraling out of control unless we can get our arms around this thing, which in your case would be the infrastructure and the processes. So what advice would you give them to try to get to that place where they can even take a breath and recognize they need that? Well, the first thing is to is to realize that it, this will never happen on its own, right? If the business slows down enough that it just occurs to you that you have time to do that, and probably something else is wrong and going on that you need to focus on, and so the you have to you have to take control of your calendar. The, an organization will always, uh, especially a growth organization, take as much time and attention from an employee as it can get. And so you have to take control of your calendar. You have to put time on your calendar to think the big thoughts, to look at the big picture. And as a senior leader, you have to do it both for yourself and you have to do it for your team. Uh, Because if you don't do it, no one else is going to do that. It is not going to be important and urgent for anyone else. And other people come to you with their important, urgent things, and you respond to them. And so I think that the first thing for a senior leader to do is to get the calendar out. Mm-hmm. get it on there and it may not you may not be able to do it next week uh, but maybe you can get it on the calendar for the you know the following month um, and then to get something that is regular you know and maybe it's you know you, you take a couple hours a week maybe you take a half a day a month and you may not get to take all the time you schedule but if you schedule it you'll have a better chance of getting it than if you do You had to leave our listeners with just one thought today. Here we're talking business now. So what should they be talking Mm -hmm. business now about when it comes to organizational development in their companies? What one thing? I think the most important thing is is a senior leader can do is just making sure that there is cross-functional alignment. And it's not that the organization will always be perfectly aligned. But what you want to focus on is optimizing the whole, and I think that's at, that's at the core of both the book and the work that I do, is how, how do we optimize for the whole? There's obviously so much more that we could talk about here today. People are just going to have to go and find your book. Uh, where can they find that? So the book, No Dumbing Down, if you just go to nodumbingdown.com, and then if you go to my website, which is simply karenwalker.us, 
uh, there's a lot of material and information there that might be useful for you. Okay, so karenwalker.us, you can get the book through that, as well as some other useful information on this topic. And you can also go out to amazon.com, of course, and find it there. No Dubbing Down, a no-nonsense guide for CEOs on organization growth. Karen, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Talking Business Now. And thank you for tuning in today. Please be sure to join us for the next episode of Talking Business Now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.